Join with me as I'm going to quickly turn to the word. So quickly turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to read in the beginning from verses 1 through to 9. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through to 9. As per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through to 9. You guys there? Cool. The parable of the sower. And on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some seeds fell on the, stony uh, on the stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up. But because they had no depth on the earth, sorry, but because they had no depth on the earth, verse 6. But when the sun was up, they, w they were scorched and because they had no roots and they withered away. And some fell amongst the thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them, verse 8. But others fell on good ground and yielded crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Verse 9. And he who has an ear, let him hear. Quickly jump with me down to verse 18. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. Jump down with me to verse 18. This part is the explanation of the parable of the sowers. Verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in his heart? This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on a stony place, this is where he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulations and persecutions arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22. Now he who received the seed among the thorns he, is he who heard the word and cares among mean, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. Verse 23. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold? Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you to be able to receive your word. I remember even just a few days ago, it was just a timely reminder that there are people in prisons, oh God, that don't even get an opportunity to have your word. And some of them are even smuggling in scriptures or a piece of scripture to live off. For those that are even serving life sentences, that's all they have. And we have your whole word, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will never be people that put your word by the wayside, but we bury it in our hearts. We tie it around our necks. We hold it with all of our being. Father, I pray that you open the minds, the hearts, the ears of those present today, oh God, and those listening online, that they will be blessed, that they will be fruitful, and they will incline their ear according to your holy word, which wants to make their life purposeful in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Today's sermon is part two of a series which I began a few weeks ago called, does anyone remember the title of the series? 
win from within. Oh, we got there in the end. All right, cool. For those of you guys, how many of you guys haven't heard um, part one so far? Sure. Great. If you haven't heard part one so far, I would encourage you guys to go out and check out part one because it will really, really aid and help and support how you understand how we're looking into part two. And part one was win from within. What are you going through? In what, you're go what are you going through? We examined and looked at some of the things that happen to people emotionally, mentally, our journeys in life and how we journey through those things. And part two, as you guys are seeing, is what is your foundation? Ask the person next to you, what is your foundation? Ask the other person next to you, what is your foundation? You see, when we talk about foundations, it really brings me back to a time when I was studying um, architecture um, at Kingston University. Any Kingstonians in the building? Hey, yes, look at us, blessed, saved, and highly favored. Praise God. Well, most of us, by the grace of God. But what began to happen in that time in Kingston, I remember when studying architecture, and I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you guys when you've probably been going to school. When I used to go to school, I used to sit on the, on the, on the top bunk. I used to sit top bunk. I was upstairs, upstairs, right, on the, upper, on the upper deck. And most of us kind of sat at the back. But we see that there's always been um, development in some people's environments. New houses being built, knocking down all the old houses. And there was times where I used to see them doing digging, a lot of building... And you're seeing, but nothing, they've got all these um, wooded barricades up, but you can't see anything erected yet. You're just, just seeing and you see builders, and sometimes you have roadblocks and the like. And then all of a sudden, has this ever happened to any of you guys, where you're on the bus, and then one moment there's no building there, another moment there's just a big building. Have you guys ever had that experience or just me? And I used to think, like, it's funny, I used to go past that place all the time, all the time, all the time, on my way to school, or maybe if I'm on a train or whatever, and you've always seen the scaffolding and, and builders and so forth, and in a moment, you just see an erected building. And then when I got to university in Kingston studying architecture, we were talking about foundations and building, and they said something significant. They said, your foundation is the planning that needs to be done before you begin building. The foundation is the planning that needs to be done before you begin building. Can you imagine if somebody came to build your house and they built up everything but they forgot the waste pipes for your toilets? Can you imagine if they forgot the electricals? Can you imagine if they forgot the heating and the gas pipes and you need to cook? Can you imagine? And what would happen? Many of us will realise that we need to get the expertise in and we tell them to do some sort of repair job. Can you just kind of fill this in or repair that? But anybody that is a solid profession and sound in their field would know that, unfortunately, we're going to have to take out this complete. We're going to have to really, really break it down and, and rip it out and do it again. And it's going to cost you a lot of money and it's going to take a lot of time. But if you need us to get it right, we really need to break down the foundations. As I was reading this and looking at Matthew chapter 13 and was looking at the seed and the soil, I see that there are four key things here. And if you look at number 18, it tells us in verse 18 to 19, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Straight away, one thing that stood out to me, it said, anybody who hears the word of the kingdom. The kingdom is a building, is a place. The kingdom has a foundation. But to understand the kingdom, before you can see the kingdom, you'll be told about the kingdom. To be told about the kingdom, you must hear. And to hear, you must incline your ear. And to incline your ear, you must understand because if there's anything that is most frustrating for people in relationships, for any of us that have ever studied or are studying at the moment, you know one of the most frustrating things is when you do not 
understand. What is your foundations? What is your foundations? We need to find an understanding. Anyone who doesn't have the understanding, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. You see, the interesting thing about this current period that we may find ourselves in of either lockdown and so on and so forth, I've always said that, you know, one of the number one keys when it comes to war, before people think, yeah, I'm going to war with the enemy, people think, you know, I'm just going to go and take them out. One of the number one things to do is cut off their communication supply, cut off their communication supply, which now creates isolation. For some of us, this current period has cut off a communication supply with God the Father, with our Holy Spirit, with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But we need to understand that what it tells us in here, the wicked one comes and snatches it away. He comes to snatch where your foundation was. You see, for some of us in the current building that I'm living in now, I asked the landlord, I said, there's a crack on the wall. He said, oh yeah, this is a new build. Before we was placed here, the foundation, there was nothing. There was no, this is not an old Victorian building. This is a new build. I'm like, so why is there a crack? He said, oh, the building needs to settle. Straight away, my middle was settled. I hope I'm not going to be sinking in this building. But what I began to see and understand for myself is that, again, going back to architecture, you need to make sure that when you're building a building, the foundation needs to be settled. The foundation needs to be settled. To win from within and to know your foundation, you need to find out and ask yourselves, are you settled in the place that you're in? Let's look at for those that are keen on being married or going to the next stage. Sometimes we're seeing people be keen or being in a rush or in a haste to get to a next stage in life, but they might not be a settling where they have come from, but they try to use some of the things that they may desire to bring a fulfillment, but which really might be a camouflage to some of the things they may be wrestling with. Sometimes that might be a desire, like, but I want this, I want this, I want this. Not knowing that, yes, marriage is a beautiful thing. Marriage is a profound and holy thing. But marriage that might be something that you really desire to be in might soon become a prison to you if you're not settled within who you truly are in Christ. You really need to know who you are and you also need to know where you are. Number two, quickly, where it says in verse 20, but he who received the seed was on a stony place. This is he who heard the word and immediately received it with joy. When I read that, remember when I first got saved, I don't know if, you, if you, any of you guys have ever had that great experience when you first come to Christ, you know God and you're like, yeah, you're charged or you've left church, you're like, oh, that was a great sermon. And as soon as you leave the building, all reality kind of kicks in. The thoughts, the challenges of life, all of those things begin to creep in. And what does it tell us? It tells us further down. It says, yet he has no root in himself. When I read that, I found it interesting. It says he had no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. What if I was to say that some of your common, your, 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 your current problems are not actually the major problem? Yeah, but Emmanuel finances, Emmanuel job, or Emmanuel like life, or Emmanuel family, or Emmanuel... What if I told you that's not the biggest problem that might be coming your way? What if I told you there may come a time where it may be illegal for you to post scriptures online? What if I told you there may come a time where they might say, oh, you're believing in the faith? Yeah, I don't think we can hire you here. So you might try and change things. What if I told you there might come a time where we may be hard-pressed or persecuted for us to 
tell our, tell our neighbours, tell the people that we work with, tell the places that we are going into that we are not people of the faith. Are you going to be one to put Christ on the back burner? Are you going to be one to take Christ out of your foundation? Because if the moment Christ comes out of your foundation, you may need to ask where has the seed been sown? What does it tell us in that particular scripture? It says they have no root in himself, but he endures for a while. Your endurance becomes limited. Why? Because you truly haven't allowed yourself to win from within by laying the foundation that God needs to be secure and be impenetrable in your life. Verse 23, further down. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Look at it there. It says, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. The reason I wanted to bring this up today is because I realized that at times we can, we can treat Jesus Christ as the crutch rather than the chief cornerstone. What do I mean by the crutch? We speak a lot of religious rhetoric. We say, how you doing, man? How's life? Yeah, I'm cool, man. God is good. We're good at speaking that, but is God really good in your life? Is God really active in your life? Is God really present in your practices? And I see these things and I began to look at what does good ground look like? And I was like, Lord, why, why did Jesus explain the seeds and the souls? What is it about this foundation? And what should our foundation be built upon? And that takes me to the next point in asking the question is what is your foundation built upon? Turn with me to quickly to Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to read from verse um, 24 to 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock foundations it was founded what is your foundation to win from within what is your foundation there's a term that me and my boys used to say when we used to grow up in Peckham and we used to have what people might call street violence or altercations or problems we used to say that yeah pressure bus pipes pressure bus pipes what did we mean by the term pressure bus pipes we used to mean that are you going to be one that's going to cripple in the face of opposition or are you going to be the one that's going to be sound and trust the people that you're with I, I now begin to see that on the flip side of those that are in Christ when your place of work says oh we don't really want you to wear that chain here or you can't really say those things here are you going to be one that the pressure buses your pipes the pressures of life the pressures of people the pressures of your desires the pressures of your temporary pleasures or are you going to be one that finds your foundation in Christ being the rock Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I would liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. If you want to know what the rock is synonymous for, breaking down the Hebrew and looking at scripture throughout, you'll see the rock is synonymous for a heavenly father. You see the rock is synonymous for having a sound foundation. You see the rock is synonymous for when something is happening to you, you know where to run to for protection. How many times have we seen either a movie or a bomb explode and people are quickly running and they try to run or hide behind a rock or a stone or a wall in order to evade the current problem that's coming? I ask yourself the question, what is your foundation and who is your rock? 
is Jesus Christ your rock and your foundation? Because we see further in verse 25, and the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. What is your foundation? And And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and it beat on the house and it fell and great what and great was its fall. What I love about this, I put on my architecture hat on. What's the first thing it mentioned there? The rain, the rain came and descended. Where is the rain coming from? The sky. Which means every house needs a roof. You see, sometimes in life, the rain is literally like, sorry, the rain that descends upon the roof, the roof being the head or the covering is your head, your mind, your being, your focus. But what happens, the cares and the wrestles and the struggles and the challenges of this world come first to attack your mind. That's why we see in the, in the book of Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He didn't say spirit, he didn't say fear, it was present. He said a spirit of fear because that spirit of fear comes to attack your mind. But it's come to give you a power, love and a sound mind. Why did it end with a sound mind? Because it knows the spirit of fear comes to attack your mind. Some versions don't say sound mind, some versions say self-control. And I come to realize to have self-control is to know that you need to have a solid foundation. A solid foundation. See, the rain attacks. The rain is coming down to attack your mind. And the, the head or the roof is the covering. The covering. The flood attacks the foundation. It creeps in. When you see a flood, you don't see a flood come. The flood comes from, from, the, from the base. You're looking at, oh, where is this coming from? Where's the holes? And that's why many people put sandbags or barricades to stop the flood from coming in. What, have you, what areas of your life have you barricaded to stop the enemy from attacking your life? What areas have you barricaded to make sure that your foundation is firm and secure before you begin to erect or build a building upon it? Because I assure you, as I've always said, whatever you fail to address will soon find its way to your new home address. An address is also a place. And a place is also a building. And a building also has a foundation. What is your foundation? Because if we do not make sure that our foundation is intact, we can't truly win from within. The weddings become a decoration. The new job just becomes a new place of ego and pride to look upon somebody else and say, yeah, I'm better than you now, I've leveled up. Or to maybe find a level of security in the world, but you have no security in Christ. Please understand that Solomon understood himself when he took to the book of Ecclesiastes that many books are worrisome to the soul. And all is vanity. The true foundation of truth and of life is knowing the rock and knowing your foundation. What is your foundation built upon? Many other scriptures speak about this. In Psalms chapter 18, verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. As I said earlier, sometimes the word rock is synonymous for a father or protector. Can you imagine when those, yeah, my dad is strong, my dad is real, my dad's got my back, my dad's there for me. He's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Lord, that's who your God is, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4. He is my rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. I love that. He is my rock and his work is perfect. His work is perfect. You see, God is always working on our foundation. Sometimes when you have a master builder, you have a master architect, you have a master engineer, don't ever rush them for their process. 
Because when you touch the rock, is it done yet? No, 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 no. Relax, it's gentle. And sometimes we rush them, and sometimes we get the other sorts of builders that they come in and they build and they do these things and they do it fast. You know, don't you charge me a hefty fee? Why are you charge me a hefty fee if you're going to do it in half the time? Because remember, you're not paying them for their time, you're paying them for their expertise. How much saw God, God's expert work in your life? Well, you're like, God, I really want to get to this stage. God's like, whoa, 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 Let, let's deal with this. Because if we do not deal with this area of your life, pressure bust pipes and you're going to be in a place where you're passionate to get to, to live out and say that this is my path, this is my profession, this is what God has called me to do. But as we understand at times is that, yes, your good looks or your temporary character can get you to the top of a mountain, but only your true character and the way you can endure life can only really keep you there. We need to understand our foundations 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having it this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone whose name, let everyone whose names, the, sorry, forgive me. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Why do I love that? Because it's showing us not only where the foundation is, but we need to learn to examine where we are in that moment in time. It says depart from iniquity. See, when you're going through challenges of life to truly win from within, your true character is going to be tested in the fire, in the heat of the battle, to know who you truly are, to know what, what, you're, what are you really, really made of, because we've all heard the saying, an empty barrel makes the loudest noise. But who, who are you really? Who is your foundation? And when we understand our foundation, even if we stray away from it, because we know where our foundation is, we go back to that sound place. You see, I love the idea of sitting at the feet of Christ. Because if you ever feel an earthquake or you ever feel the ground shake, the first thing that you want to do is make sure you're secure. And sometimes to feel secure, you need to get on all fours or you need to sit down. You need to be stationary. See, for some of us, there's turbulence right now and we need to fasten our seatbelts. The seatbelt itself is the word of God to keep us secure. We need to make sure that we are poised and remaining at the feet of Christ because he has the greatest answer for our life in those particular seasons in us. Psalms chapter 11, verse 3, it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The enemies come to steal, kill and destroy, but God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. How can you have abundant life if you have no solid foundation to put the life upon? How can you have true growth if you've got nothing, nothing solid to underpin it with? How can you have true favor when you are so fixated with using it and squandering it within the things of the world. Solomon asked for wisdom. And we see Solomon had it all. The word of God says that he was, they were so wealthy, they were giving silver to each other like stones. Can you imagine? When we kick a stone and you're just kicking gold or silver on the floor. You'd be like, well, man, this is, that's how wealthy they were. But what happened, his eyes got fixed on the gift rather than the giver of it. We need to keep our eyes focused on Christ. We need to. It is vital if we are tr truly, truly walk and know who the Lord is. And a point I want to share with you to ask yourselves is this. Who is your counsel? You see, when it comes to understanding your foundation, you need to know who your counsel is. Because I've always said that in, when emotions rise, intellect drops. And the word of God says that, listen, do not lean upon your own understanding. Because even for us to physically lean upon something now, I will fall because there is no foundation. There is no support to hold me up. Who is your foundation? Who is your wise counsel? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 to 16. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. 
please understand that even the rebukes of those that love you is to keep you safe, is to keep you aligned, is to keep you on a narrow path. Sometimes the very things we pursue and we want may seem good, but it may not be godly. The very things we pursue may seem right, but it may not be righteous. But our wise counsel in and around us can hold us that we do not fall for such things. Another point I want you guys to be aware of, to ask yourself is this, is what fruit is your foundation bearing? What fruit is your foundation bearing? You see, a university, we understand that the people that come into that building, the foundation, they aim to come out with degrees to get something from it. What fruit is your foundation bearing? Turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 45. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from the thorns, nor do they gather grapes from the, um, from the bramble um, bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes what we try to do, we think we can trick God by not saying what we desire, but God sees what we desire through our actions. God sees our desires through what we're willing to support or what we're willing to not support. But, yeah, but God, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, but your actions spoke highly of you. Yeah, but God, I, I didn't get involved in that. But you became compliant with the very things I told you would cripple you. We need to be aware of the fruit that we bear. We need to be aware of the foundations of these things. And sometimes these foundations we need to ask ourselves is, what are, how do we truly win from within? To truly win from within is that even when you see a crack in the foundation, it's not just to plaster it. Because when you plaster it, just give it a bit of time, the cracks will form. To make matters worse, more cracks will form. Just like a car. If any of you guys have ever been like me, your, your mechanics are very quick to tell you all the problems. You go there to sort one thing, they start telling you 10 things. Like, oh, don't worry, I'll sort that one out later. But the problem with that is that the moment you neglect one of the problems, another area of the car begins to break down. You see our foundation, if we are not careful to make sure we reinforce, if we are not careful to make sure we take time to deal with the areas of our foundations of our life, other areas will begin to form cracks. Other problems will be in, begin to be birthed. And that's why I love Romans 8.28. For we know that all things work together for the good for those that love God to those that are called according to his purpose. God's purpose is always building and reinforcing and renewing a foundation in our lives. It's there to reinforce that. And sometimes we don't understand all things work together. Yeah, when we say all things, it means that sometimes when you get somebody to do the plumbing work or to do the building work in your own life, it may not be done to your timeline. But if they're experts, their aim is to do it right. You see, sometimes God is doing things in our life that is not going to be allowed, aligned with our own personal timeline. But trust me, when God does it, he does it right. Another question I need you to ask yourself when it comes to knowing your foundation is where are you anchored? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. This hope we have is an anchor of our soul, both sure and secure, which enters the presence behind the veil. Both sure and steadfast. Both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. You see, the reason why it's important to know your anchor is because an anchor is always going to be anchored to something. Everybody has an anchor. Everybody. No, no, I'm not anchored to anything. <laughs> you sure? Show me your character. 
show me your lifestyle. Show me what you've been doing for the past six months. You will show me what you've been anchored to. And that's why when Christ is your anchor and when Christ is your rock, if you're on a boat, if that anchor that drops doesn't hit something secure, that boat is still going to go astray. But when Christ is your anchor, no matter how far you pull, God can always pull you back because you are anchored to him. But what does it tell us there? It says we are, our soul is anchored to him. I love what Proverbs 13, 12, 14 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. May our prayer points be like God. Grant us our heart's desire that align with your perfect will for our life. May our prayer points also understand that when God anchors that, it shows us in the latter verses of verse 13, he who despises the word will be destroyed. <laughs> he who despises the word will be destroyed. You see, when you are not anchored to God or when your hope feels deferred, sometimes you raise that anchor and you go to somewhere else. Like, you know, what do people in the world seem to be enjoying? Huh? Let me just go over there. Not knowing that that's a broad road that leads to destruction. We're seeing it here. But he who fears the command will be rewarded. It's funny how fear leads to a reward. But the fear is not the fear of man. It's the fear of the true living God that can destroy both the body and the soul. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Please understand, keep your wise counsel. Please understand, stay at the feet of Christ. Please understand to stay in the word of God. Please understand that your foundation is always going to be reflective of your actions. And everything you do is going to be a reflection of where you are in that current foundation in your life. It could be a fits of rage. It could be like, oh, I just did that for a moment. But even when you do something for a moment, I guarantee you it might be a reflection of where you've been in that week. But in all those things, we have a faithful God that holds us. And I want to leave you with this as this final point. And this final point is keep the end in mind. Keep the end in mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to fly through some scriptures and pinpoint some out to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. <laughs> so then neither he who plants is anything and neither who waters is any, who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. I'll stop there for a moment. The reason why I love that is because sometimes we're planting a seed, but anyone that overwaters the seed kills the seed. You see, sometimes we're planting, we're planting, we're planting. Yeah, but God just, uh, don't rush God. You're going to ruin and make rotten the very thing that God wants to plant and be birthed in your life. And each one will receive its own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers who are God's field. We are all God's building. We are all God's building according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master, a builder. I have laid the foundation and another will build upon it. I'll stop there for a moment. Paul's telling us they've laid the foundation for how we need to live out. Well, they've laid the foundation of how we need to evangelize. They've laid the foundation of how we need to preach and teach. They've laid the foundation of how we need to love because they've laid the foundation of Christ. But here's what's funny. It says sometimes another will build upon it. As soon as I read that, I read that as legacy. I read that sometimes we may want certain things, but we may not get it on this side of eternity. 
but the seeds that we sow, the character that we withhold, the people that we, we share the gospel of love, of truth, of righteousness with, may live out the very thing that we thought, but God, what about me? And God's like, I haven't forgotten you. You may not see on this side of eternity, so please, saints, do not, do not be downcast, do not be disheartened, do not feel alone and thinking, God, how come it's happened to that person? Well, it hasn't happened for me. And God's like, for that person, it will be temporary, but for you, I'm about to build a legacy. Are you willing to hold on to me? Are you willing to hold on? Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than the one which is laid, which is, Christ, which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, sorry, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, testing. And the fire will test each one's work. Your foundation is going to be tested. The foundation, whether it's the enemy that brings something or whether it's God that brings something, it is still a test. But you must be secure to make sure you get your testimony from such a test. For, sorry, for what sort it is, verse 14. If anyone's work which was built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Please understand the key word of having a sound and solid foundation is endurance. That's why them Victoria houses are still expensive. That's why them brownstone buildings in New York are expensive because it is endured time. It is solid rock. Not like some of the houses with plasterboards that they put up and charge us an arm and a leg in order to purchase. But we need to understand that there is endurance and there is a reward for it. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do, um, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And the spirit of God dwells in you. Ooh. Foundations. Temple. Spirit. Yeah, the spirit of God lives in me. Yeah, but the temple, within the spirit that the God lives in you, what's the foundations to the temple? Just like a tent. A tent needs the strings. You need to pin the strings to the ground. But if you do not secure it, or if you position it the wrong way, it comes up straight away. What are you rooted in? What are you grounded in? And is it secure for the spirit of God to live in the temple of God that dwells within you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? Foundations. Foundations. I've come to learn that to truly win from within, it's not about what the world thinks of us. It's about what God knows about us. It's not whether your parents or friends are, well, you're still in this state, or you're still in that job, you're still in that career, or you're still unmarried, or you're still going through these problems. No, God is secure within me. He's secure within me. He's secure within me. The anchor of your hope. He's secure within me. The true foundation. He's secure within me. The rock of my salvation. He's secure within me. The true and living God. Because when you understand that God is your foundation, you understand that no man completes you, they just compliment you. Because God makes you whole. God makes you righteous. God makes you in right standing with him. And I pray that today that we'll continue to grow in God. We'll win from within and know what we're going through and growing through that. But we'll also know that in order to grow through what we go through, we have the right foundations that underpins us and holds us just like a building. Because when your foundations is set, no matter how high you erect that building, no wind can push it. No rain can drown it. 
and no, and, and no storm or flood can rot in its foundation because it's founded on Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, O oh God. I thank you, O oh Lord, because it's about you, God. Everything, the rock is a, a, a picture of our Father, a picture of your goodness, Lord. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every person here today, O oh God, that you bless, protect, and keep them. I pray, Lord God, that the, the cares and the challenges of this world will not let them be a seed that is found on the thorny ground or lost at sea or found by the wayside. I pray that they're found on good ground and your good ground is found in your word. May they be grounded in your grace. May they continue to run the race in faith, in truth. May they continue just to know you, O God. Even when the world is going left, may we continue to go right and remain in right standing with you, which shows the true righteousness that lives in us because your spirit needs a temple and the temple of God is our being. And Lord, I pray that every single person here will not be destroyed, will not be forgotten, but will be remembered and be renewed and be restored. I pray, oh God, that when you come in to do the renovation, we won't limit you to the areas of our life we want you to work in, but we say, God, do what you need to do. Just like a great laborer, just like a great engineer, just like a great sculptor, just like a great builder, we don't tell them what to do. We don't limit them. We ask them, where is the problem? And we ask them, what is the price? Because the price was paid with your life. You are the great physician. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Nisi. Father, Lord, heal every wound. Help every single one of us win from within and help every single one of us have a solid and sound foundation that is found in you. To walk in faith like Abraham, who went into a land was unknown. But he knew that by walking and trusting in faith, God was going to plant him and place him in the foundation and his children's children will be blessed. He became a father of nations and nation is part of a foundation. Father, I pray that you bless the nations of our hearts and the foundations of our thoughts to be rooted in you. Lord, be with us. Bless us and keep us by your mighty name. We pray as that and every